0: As always, it's me, Alyssa. It's Alma. And Patrick. And we are here to talk to you today about Bubble Stand. This is um, season one, episode four, if you guys have been following. But as always, you know, each episode has multiple episodes in it. I'm sure there will be one day where I don't explain this in the beginning of the podcast. But (laughs) for people that are following along, it can get kind of confusing. I'm a little bit confused. How are you guys doing today?
1: Doing pretty good. Uh, Tired overall because we just came back from a bike ride, but excited about to do this podcast.
2: Same, same. It's hot in the valley, but feeling good.
1: Get back into the grind since, you know, we did take a little break for a little bit.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and we're going to take a trip from the valley straight into Bikini Bottom with this episode. Um, So to give you a little brief overview of what we're working with today... Spongebob and Squidward have a day off. They are not in the normal Krusty Krab scene. Today we uh, learned that Spongebob is exceptionally good at blowing bubbles. So good that he wants to sell it as lessons to his friends in neighborhood. Um, throughout the episode, you see Patrick really enthused to learn about blowing bubbles, always trying to support his friend. And we see Squidward as the opposite, saying that it's really dumb for Spongebob to be selling something that no one would be interested in. And after learning about Spongebob's secret way to blow bubbles, we see that in the end, Squidward does want to be a part of it and ends up learning how to blow a bubble and what that actually means in context of Squidward life. Um, Yeah, so let's get into it.
2: All right. Act one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the episode starts with Spongebob building the stand. Mm -hmm. Um, So it kind of explains that he has a day off which is rare for spongebob um but i don't know i think i i also found it interesting how like in kind of like Alyssa was mentioning in his day off like he decides to find a way to make money right it's not just like oh let me spend time with my friend and blow bubbles and, and we could have fun that way but it was more like how do i make money like his side hustle right was <laughs> making bubbles and charging 25 cents for it
0: yeah And that's what's interesting to me. He has to turn something into a side hustle, right? And I think that's something that we face ever since we're children. I was just thinking about this today, about um, when we were growing up in elementary school, just children, we still had to contribute to these side hustles, having lemonade stands, selling for fundraisers to go to science camp, selling chocolate bars. Um, can Can you think about the first time you were asked to sell something from some other adult figure, Alma?
1: I, well, like you said, it was fundraising for schools, like, you know, that started super early, like, you go from elementary to middle school, and then it goes into high school, so you're constantly being encouraged to do it. And so, I had to do it for elementary and middle school, but to be honest, I never really went door to door to people, because it was just kind of like, uh, this is, I get, I don't really, I mean, in my perspective, I was like, yeah, getting all these cool stuff would be cool, you know? as like the prize is like a giant ball that you can walk in or like a scooter or a bike. But I personally didn't go out and like sell stuff, but I would create kind of like a thing in my own home with my brother where I was like, oh, I'm going to play restaurant with you and I'm going to make you this food and then I'm going to charge you this money. So like that was like what I kind of like contributed in or participated in. Mm -hmm. And so I even, like, years later, I told my brother, I was like, so what? You never paid me for that money? Those sandwiches I made you? Like, what, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I think in that way, it's kind of, like, funny that, like, you know, I still, like, now I know, like, you know, I, made, I did it out of, like, fun and everything. But I, I still had that idea in my head that I expected something, like, in return for, like, you know, making that labor to make that sandwich to provide to him to eat, essentially. But it's kind of, like... I didn't do it for school because I was just like, I don't want to go house to house, you know, selling items to like strangers. I don't know. So I w- if I was like in that case, I'd probably like sell like one thing to like my aunt and my mom. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. But because it just, I don't know, didn't I ever say that right with me to go to like strangers houses, sell things. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not really sure as to why they encouraged it so much. I mean, I get fundraising and like, you know, trying to support a cause and everything. But, like, sending a child by themselves, because that was the case in a lot of situations from people I knew. You know, they would go to these houses, and, like, if you really think about it, it's not the safest thing. It's not. But still, like, you know, it was really enforced for us as kids to, like, you know, we're going to sell something to be able to put it into something else that's not going to be directly helping us, but helping others. Mm -hmm. But how do we know that's really going towards them, you know?
2: So uh, there was this class where we talked about that, like this, the school fundraisers, and I remember the professor told us about how these companies would get away with um, finding loopholes in so many child labor laws, because mm-hmm. children are not supposed to work to make money for like other people, but within the school system, that's like encouraged, and that's like a loophole that they found to be able to like have all these children like work uh, and make tons of money for those companies. Um, and of course it could always be like oh well we're donating it to like charity but like when it comes to tax breaks and stuff like that they get a lot of money back just kind of like walmart does right so you're literally like when you look at it in that way you're having all these children like work and like alma said go to door to door and actually like get themselves in really risky situations or i guess from my experience just like Make my parents pay for something that they didn't even have money to spend on. But a lot of times it was like, well, you have to sell those chocolates. Uh-huh. Um, like a lot of times it was to gain prices. But I feel like with clubs and and other things, it was kind of like if you don't have if you don't sell these chocolates, you're gonna have to pay for it. And uh-huh. So the family has to end up investing the money in all those boxes. Um, so yeah, it, it's crazy how we just kind of normalize that, right? Which yeah. is not not okay. <laughs>
0: and to bring it back like of course as a child we think that on our free time you know we already have this guilt that's been looming over our head that we're not making money and we joke about it you know with kids and I think I even joke about it with my dog I say you don't pay rent here what do, you, what do you get deserve, you know? <laughs> and he doesn't. But at the same time, we're watching this show as a kid where it's his day off again, and he's here already using the value that he has, which is to teach, you know, bubble lessons, which he has a lot of value. SpongeBob's a very talented sponge, but this is just what he does when he has the time. And then in comparison, we see Squidward, and He's spending his time, you know, trying to relax and play the clarinet and do something for himself. Now, it's a little bit interesting, right? Because it doesn't it almost seem like doing something for himself is the shameful thing to do?
2: Yeah, it was it was really portrayed that way. And I think Squidward is always portrayed that way. Like that lazy guy that doesn't want to work. He just wants to create art and literally chill, you know, <laughs> like spend his time and things he likes. But. I think in this episode we saw that again how he was constantly interrupted and brought into the scene of like the market that SpongeBob had created.
1: Well, for sure, like why why are we putting the perspective of like giving yourself time to rest and like you know do things you enjoy that aren't like in the sense like something that you're gonna get money out of viewed in such a negative way, you know like eventually like as we see later on like Squidward like is rejecting all of like well in the beginning he's rejecting all of like Spongebob's like attempts to encourage him to join them but later on you see that he uh, although he like rejects it so much he ends up participating in like that capitalistic structure of like partaking and spending money to blow bubbles that are essentially like a something you can do for free
0: mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm And then to add on to that, something that SpongeBob could be teaching Mm -hmm. for free. And you would think that SpongeBob would teach this for free because he is innocent in a way. He has a very kind soul. It doesn't seem that he does things intentionally. So it almost seems uncharacteristic of him to charge, right? But And then we go on to Patrick, who is a friend willing to support SpongeBob's business. He doesn't have a job. You know, he even has to ask Spongebob to borrow a quarter to learn lessons. And I think that really shows, like, you know, this again, I know this is a kid show, but the arc of Spongebob's character, he never cared about the profits because he's willing to give Patrick a quarter. Mm-hmm. Something's telling him that even though he could be teaching his friend bubble lessons, he should still charge for it. And it's not about profit. He doesn't really know what it's about. And um, I don't know. What did you guys think about that?
2: Yeah. Well, just to clarify, Patrick is a sea star. So
0: <laughs>
2: um, Somebody else should know that. I don't know, maybe they should but, but uh, whoever
1: hasn't watched the show.
2: Yeah. Uh, the name Patrick is very vague. Uh, SpongeBob, Squidward, and then Patrick. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think
0: that hits Patrick on a personal note himself. <laughs> it's okay, Patrick. Anyways, <laughs> are you uh, trying to tell us you're a sea star? <laughs> <da, da>, <laughs> stay tuned
2: <laughs> um but yeah i I definitely see what you're what you're saying um because you're right, like Patrick asks them for money and and it's kind of showing you like what the point is not so much as to like you know, have that wealth, but, like, participate. Like, you have to participate in in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was... And, and Patrick is just, like, so willingly, like, without question, follow SpongeBob's lead. Um, so that was kind of... Yeah, it, it, it was... To me, it was interesting in, in the way that sometimes I feel like um, we see people do the similar things where we see other people participating in markets, um, just kind of with new stuff, like... Like, sometimes with useless stuff, like, I remember in middle school we all had these rubber bands so that were like... Oh, silly bands. Yeah, mm-hmm. the silly, silly bands, band. right? Yeah. And so, like, they were a cool thing, and they were pretty cool, but also, and they were cheap, but, so this is probably a bad example, but I just mean, like, some of us didn't have the money to participate in that, and it was useless, like, you didn't really need it, but you still felt the need to be a part of it, you know?
1: It, it brings me back to, like, something I learned in, um, like, the capitalist course I'm taking, that essentially... Shout out. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> that is actually that uh, in, within capitalism, it's a structure that is constantly, like, in itself destroying itself, so it, it's always you know, there's always recessions, there's always things that are going to be happening within a capitalist society that helps makes it destroy itself so, in a sense that um, this made me think that, you know, we're putting priorities into, like, things that and, like, value into paying for things that shouldn't be held at such a high standard like, you know, blowing bubbles, you know the how what kind of benefit does that really give us besides, like, you know, that momentary Jolly, but what other like does it help us physically and like providing us food or like comfort or like you know the essentials but it doesn't and so like in the sense how it's like pri- how we prioritize what we put money value on and certain objects and so i'm just kind of like you know we are so desensitized i don't know if i said that right i'm really bad at pronouncing things
0: <laughs> <laughs> desensitized
1: yeah and like understanding like where the things were um where the things that we're using is like made from, like the labor that goes into it, and so like we prioritize materialistic goods instead of my prioritizing like things that are necessary. And so that like the bubble thing is like you know it's a momentarily like you know small thing that's fun, but it doesn't really like why are we putting a charge to something that's gonna be giving us some momentary yeah. enjoyment? Yeah, yeah.
2: And also, why monetize fun? Yeah, why? They could just have fun without the money aspect being there. Like there was no need in this whole episode for there to be a charge to blowing bubbles. Yeah, like the whole episode could have functioned exactly the same without that component.
0: Nautical nonsense. Nautical nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) But something I do wanna bring up is exactly what you guys are talking about, like resources that go into something that seems so simple, right? So a bubble seems really simple. You blow it. But you learn that there's actually a lot that goes into blowing the perfect bubble. Technique! Technique technique. Technique. Double take three times. One, two. You bring it around town. And let's think about it, like something as simple as a pencil. A tree had to grow. You had to cut down a tree. You had to take the tree to the tree mill. You had to get lead from the ground. You had to manufacture the pencil. You had Mm. to go to a classroom and tell people that pencils were necessary to write something. You had to go show what a pencil can do. You needed to make it mechanical. You needed to make it fresh. Number two, you need to put an eraser on it. And then you need to market pencils so you can go buy one at the dollar store. Mm. So you could throw it away after the end of the day because your parents got you a new box at home. Maybe, right? Maybe if you're lucky. So I just, I really think, you know, and I think something I've been wanting to talk about in a lot of episodes, I, and these are my own thoughts, Alyssa. I'm not saying that every single second of Spongebob is brainwashing capitalism to children. (laughs) I know that a lot of it's fun. And that's why I liked it as a kid and that's why kids like it. But I'm saying that there's this is a common platform of something we've all watched and there's these little nuggets of things that they've been telling us for a long time that's really normalizing these actions and these simple things that we I wasn't thinking about, you know?
2: And I think like like even the whole making a bubble stand and selling it, like we all did it as kids, kinda of started our own little business, right? I used to sell leaves. <laughs> like I used to cut leaves from a tree and sell them with my cousin um, We had alert. so much fun, you know yeah. And it wasn't so much about people paying us But it was about like, oh, we have our own little thing going on And I think that's to recognize that we live in a society where we do exchange goods And we, we, we do kind of put labor into uh, things and, and projects and, and, you know, exchange that to other people and doing the same Um, And I think the base of it all, it's not necessarily that that's bad, um, but it's kind of in the context that we live in that it's bad, of how exploitative and, you know, like, it's a system of theft and murder. Um, in every way that you look at it and Spongebob is a you know an innocent show about like for kids and, and it's very joyful but but you begin to see as the episodes develop and as you start to really question Spongebob's role in the restaurant and and just kind of how it normalizes a lot of this exploitation you know you start to see like hold up like this isn't okay like this isn't okay for kids to be watching all this and to be normalizing that because you know it isn't okay for kids to be normalizing the society we live in like there's so much violence and pain we go through that we're just that is not normal for us to go through mm-hmm. um and and we don't really question it because sometimes we don't have the tools to understand like it's been 400 years of of you know re-educating us in a whole new system and yeah. so i don't know i think that was just a little mm-hmm. rant but
0: I, I have a question for you that i'm gonna ask um, in, in this system I know that there's probably one answer, but I'm gonna ask you in like a broad system, use using your creative thoughts. If you didn't monetize hobbies such as or you didn't monetize art or you know, would people stop pursuing their passions?
1: I don't think so I feel like you know the passion was there before you even wanted to like create money out of it and then the money aspect only comes in because you know you're trying to survive mm-hmm. you're trying to like make your art like worth something to someone else so that way you can like continue to survive within the, sy- the system we're in that like you know we have to keep making money to be able to survive within the system otherwise you know once we're essentially not making any money and then like we'll start losing everything we have like our home or like work everything like you know then we're essentially seen as non-essential and then we're just like if we become homeless then you just don't you're ignored by society
2: yeah, yeah I think Alma said it perfectly um and then just to add to that I think that's a common misconception about other systems that people are like well if we're not encouraged like people are just going to become lazy and not do anything right mm-hmm. but like I feel like we often forget how old we are as a humanity and yeah. how young capitalism is as a system Mm-hmm. It has it is 400 years which is relatively a long time but like to human history it's relatively a short time to the history
1: and, of the world right and <laughs> so
2: before that like people still created art and people still like pursued their passions and, yeah. and people like did amazing things like we have civilizations that mapped up the stars to like a level that we can't even comprehend today you know like we have civilizations that did like such amazing findings and architectures and discoveries and, and stuff like that and it wasn't necessarily through the system. So like, the, I had a professor who told, uh, who told me that that was one of the biggest thing the system had going for itself, was that we couldn't imagine to live within another system. We couldn't imagine what another system could look like without it being negative. Like, like it would be easier for us to imagine the zombie apocalypse happening tomorrow than for us to not live in this shitty ass system. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, that's true. Like, yeah. I don't even know what that looks like. But I could definitely see, like, oh, an outbreak tomorrow. You know, like, which doesn't make sense. Like, logically, it does not make sense. Um,
0: yeah, I like that. It gives me, those answers give me hope, you know. <laughs> um, there is hope. It's a lot. It's, when we talk about a lot of these things, I think there's a feeling. The first wave is hopelessness. First, it's mind blown. Then you're hopeless and you're like, so... You're telling me I live in this system, and then that's it. Like, what else am I to do? And then it's, I think, the next conversation, you know, that we have to we have to keep having um, before we we just decide to keep giving in. And to bring it back to the episode, we see what happens when Goodword gives in, and he decides, fine, even if just to mock it. He'll go in and do the bubble lessons, and then he can't stop. And, you know, in a way, it's a bit of a punishment for Squidward. He, he learns what happens when you reject it and then come in later. You're, you're in debt to it.
1: He spent so much money. He put down more than 25 cents because he, he couldn't blow a bubble at first. Mm -hmm. He put down at least, like,
0: $10. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Just to try to blow a bubble that eventually didn't come out as, like, artistically as Spongebob. Because he made, like, you know, um, elephants, houses, shapes, and everything. He just... Squidward did a big, giant bubble that essentially ended up, you know taking like sucking up his home <laughs> mm-hmm. and then like just dropping it as he was like thinking you know oh i finally got it i finally did right i was able to blow that bubble but he got sucked into it just to
0: get dropped down. talk about bursting his bubble
2: <laughs> <laughs> i think um, something i saw from that specific the way that things played out with squidward was um kind of how he had to go through the rules, otherwise it wasn't possible, right? And I mm-hmm. think within capitalism, we're giving very few options. You go to college, you get a technical career, homeless, or side hustles that are like not within the law. Uh, like there isn't too many options we're given, and it's kind of like join the you, military, right? Join the military. Um, so if you don't follow this this pattern, like you know, you you won't have success. You won't be able to blow that bubble. Uh, but then once you do follow that pattern, and I feel like we're, a lot of us are hooked on that, and like we just gotta follow that American dream, right? And we'll make it, and we'll be able to create whatever we wanna create, um, and that, that it backfires, that it backfires in a way that, that a lot of people don't realize it, and maybe ever in their whole lives, but it backfires in a way that we end up hurting the communities we come from. We end up actively destroying them. And that's just how the system works, right? Like it takes the exploitation of, of communities for the success of other individuals. And I think college is a great example of that. Like, you know, the way that colleges you know, go into communities and exploit them and gentrify the cities and, and through like anthropology really create this weird dynamic of dissecting how people work and their societal relationships and uh-huh. then and then publish that research which is which is not accessible to the community itself. It is not. Like there's just so much, so much, so many complexities within this, but I think that's what I got of it. Like if you don't follow the rule of the system, you won't be able to blow that bubble. You won't be able to make it.
0: Yeah, and for for all of my anchovies listening out there, if you have a talent or you have a passion or something that really makes you happy, and you have ever been told, you know, well, what will that add? How will you make money off that? Anyone that tells you that, fuck them.
1: Yeah, they're assholes. Why are they only really thinking about the money aspect? Because what you're putting into your work, that's your heart. You don't need to. You don't need to make money off of
0: that. And what I've been learning over these past few weeks is that the the way they make money off of you know profit is from you and your labor and your talent. So that's worth more than anything a uh, stupid dollar, which or seashell. Or whatever you want to call it could ever be, you know? And I think the biggest thing to take away, if I could go into this Spongebob episode and talk to Spongebob, I would tell him, hey, man, just blow some bubbles. It doesn't matter. You don't need to teach lessons about it. (laughs) (laughs) Just have
1: fun with it, Spongebob. You don't need to make money. You don't have to be Mr. Krabs.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah. I think
1: that's kind of it. If you ever want to share any of your art with us, send it to Spongebob Capitalist Pants IG, and we will share it we got y'all
2: yeah I think (laughs) that's closing thoughts for me is kind of what Alyssa said too just let your art or your passion be your liberation you know
0: yeah um so yeah all of our artists even if you know if it's spoken word if it's music whatever send it our way or if you're somebody that's really interested in talking about a Spongebob episode or you just want to come and talk to us give us feedback follow our IG page we'll link it in the description again for this episode um anchor you know that's a really cool platform has this option where you can actually send feedback by typing it you can make it anonymous or you can you know just tell us hi and tell us who you are because we really want to get to know you and continue this discussion because we know there's so many cool perspectives out there yeah
1: we hope to hear from y'all thank you for joining us on spongebob capitalist Pan. have a
0: good day Bye. Bye. bye